Okay, this is Icarus, and we are looking at a letter from the year Tavshin Lamedalad, exactly 50 years ago, give or take. The label on it is Tishrei Tavshin Lamedalad, so it could have been exactly 50 years ago, as we are in Tishrei Tavshin Pei Dalad. Uh, we don't know exactly what the date was. The letter is Yud Tav Tav Kuf Pei, and this one, as a little bit of a shift from our last couple letters, is not about the Yom Kippur War. This is actually about a follow-up question that was asked on a Sikha from the Rebbe. So this is going to be one of our shiurim where we are look at maybe one or two letters that have a theme, and then really look at the sicha that these letters are spinning off of. So the Rebbe said a sicha. We're going to look at that sicha together in a little bit, but the long and short of it was the Rebbe said a sicha on Vav Tishrei of Tavshin Lamedalid, where he said that the main job of Jewish women is to be involved in chinuch. That chinuch of children is their main job, and that everything else is a side point. Apparently, he got some pushback from that from the Hanhala of Beis Rivka, which is not where you would expect that pushback to come from. But that is where it came from, is that somebody was in charge over at Beis Rivka, uh, asked the Rebbe a question about it. It doesn't say what her question was. They also printed this in Heichel Menachem before it turned into Igris and before it made it into the Igris volumes. And there, too, it doesn't say what her question was. It just says that she was asking about this Sicha. But from the Rebbe's answer, you can see that perhaps there was some pushback. So here is the Rebbe's answer to her question. Uh, that is that the Rebbe said a Sicha saying that Jewish women are supposed to be mainly involved in Chinuch and not in uh, other jobs, not in other fields. And uh, he and he was uh, somebody from Beis Rivka asked a question. So the Rebbe writes back to the Anhalin Beis Rivka who asked this question. The Rebbe says back, I don't understand your question. You are running Beis Rivka. You're working at Beis Rivka. Don't you know why Beis Rivka was founded by our Rebbeim? Our Rebbeim founded Beis Rivka in order to produce teachers and and uh, and guiders, guiders, teachers and guiders. People would be guiding people in Avedis Hashem. Beis Rivka was founded in order to create, in order to fill a void. There was a void at the time of qualified women to teach Jewish studies. It's uh, still a problem that a lot of that in a lot of Jewish places, they have male teachers for everything because they don't have enough qualified women to teach. So the Rebbe says one of the main ideas of Beis Rivka, according to the Rebbe, the main idea of Beis Rivka, of founding Hasidic schools for Hasidic women, was to create an army of Hasidic teachers who were women, so that they wouldn't have to be taught by the men. The Rebbe goes, why Maya Shaila? What are you asking about the Sikha, where I said that's their main job? That's why Beis Rivka was founded in the first place. Then the Rebbe uh, allows a little bit, a little bit of wiggle room. He says, "Kain darsho anali saskubs in sheichabad." The truth is that we ask for this in general from the sheichabad. Obviously, this is not going to apply to everybody as a blanket rule. Each person is going to have different keiches, different abilities, and uh, we need to look at each person individually and decide who's fit to be a teacher, what kind of teacher they're fit to be, how much of their life should be dedicated to chinuch and in what way. But the overarching idea that a Jewish woman's main job in this world is to be involved in chinuch is absolutely something that Eb is willing to stick with as a shita. Of course he is. He said it in a sechel. Uh, this reminded me when I saw this letter, this reminded me of a letter that we didn't get to cover from last year. This is one of the last letters from last year. It was, said in a, it was a letter written in Bez Elul of Tavshin Lam and Gimel. We're here that Abba gives some interesting advice that isn't exactly the same as what we have in the previous letter. You can maybe bounce them off each other. Uh, the Rebbe writes here, Brachu Shalom. He's writing to a certain woman, This woman had informed the Rebbe about a certain situation she was in. And God says that I believe her situation had something to do with her pregnancy. So the Rebbe first gives her a bracha that she should have an easy pregnancy, an easy birth, healthy children, uh, that the child should come out healthy in its proper time, and everything should be uh, in a proper way and in an easy way. So he first wishes her a bracha. But in response to her question, move on, the Rebbe says, your first job is to make sure your children have a proper chinuch. And of course, in general, your main job is to be the akeras abayis, the mainstay of the house, and make sure the house is full of terah and mitzvahs. Only after that, 
As long as the doctor says this won't affect your health. This is not a blanket rule, by the way. Not every woman has to check with her, uh, check and get a physical before she uh, before she goes to the workplace. This woman had some sort of health problem. So the Rebbe said, only after speaking to your doctor and making sure that you are healthy enough for it, but only go work in a school when you're sure your house is in order. This is a slightly different hayra. This is the Rebbe saying here that someone who is involved in Chinuch can't go out and teach uh, and teach in these schools if they're not sure that they have enough time to take care of their chinuch of their own children, which I think is probably some of the ways in the conscious of just about every teacher, uh, teachers of adults and teachers of kids, is that you go out and teach the whole world and you wonder if you're neglecting teaching your family. The Rebbe says here, a woman's first priority is not even to teach in a school. Her first priority is to make sure that she's teaching her children. If her children are taught properly and being raised properly, then she goes on to teach in a school. And as the Rebbe says in our letter above, her main tafkid is in the area of chinuch, I guess beginning with chinuch at home, and then expanding to chinuch in other places, uh, all the way down to the lecture circuit. But chinuch is the tafkid of a woman, according to the Rebbe, in these two letters. Uh, that's that's the main job of women of Jewish women, is to be controlling education. And uh, I note that to the Western mind, I don't think to our mind so much, we're, uh, we're Hasidim who are biased to start off with, but I do know that the, the, to the Western mind, this does not sound good. I understand that. <laughs> I understand that uh, that this is that this is not my most progressive shear, nor are these the most progressive letters we've ever looked at. But at the same time, I do think, and I'm, I'm not going to justify this deeply because I don't think we need to justify the Rebbe deeply. I want to say just one line of justification, which is that in our culture, uh, there is nothing higher than chinuch. That's what we value the most. So saying that a woman's job is chinuch in a culture where chinuch is the only thing that really matters is saying that women have the most important job. The th- reason why in Western thought this is a this is a this is a knockdown is because in Western thought education just isn't that important. Education isn't important relative to you know making it big and pursuing and ending up on a stage. But in a culture where chinuch matters most, saying that women are the center of chinuch is not remotely a chauvinistic idea. It is a, it is carving out an area for women in the area that we care about most. But that is a side point. The point that I really want to get into is that these letters were both revolving around at least this letter. This letter was really bouncing off a sicha that I've said that was apparently controversial enough that even the administrators of Beis Rivka wrote to him saying, are you sure you want to pigeonhole women like this? So why don't we look at the sicha? It's a long sicha, but it is a fascinating one. I'd like to spend all of our time together today looking at some of the pratim in the sicha. Sicha was from Vav Tishrei of Tavshin Lamedalid, and the Rebbe talks about Chana, uh, Chana the prophetess Chana. Why do I say prophetess? Near the end of the Haftar, she does say a prophecy. So the Rebbe is willing to call her a prophetess. This is Chana, who was the wife of Elkanah, who was the mother of Shmuel. You know the Chana story, more or less. I mean, the, 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 the major parts we think about every time we daven Shachris quietly, right? Chana doesn't have any kids. She shows up to Shiloh, to the Mishkan there. She davens silently. Uh, Eli the Kain Gadol thinks that she's a shikar, uh, but really she's shikorim. Really, she really she's a worthy woman. And he gives her a bracha, and she gets what she wants. She ends up with a very holy child who she dedicates to Hashem after three years. Now, there's an interesting prat in this story, and the Rebbe really spends a whole sicha talking about it. The prat is that the Rebbe says, in a nutshell, that we don't know a lot about Chana's life. We don't know everything that happened in her biography. We have uh, maybe a couple psukim in the entire Nach about what Chana is and what she did. We don't have a ton. It's not like the story of Meshul So the Tanakh, the Hashem, is very careful in telling us what we need to know about Chana. One of the details that Hashem tells us is apparently a little irrelevant on the surface, and that is that for two years prior to her bringing Shmuel to the Mishkan for his third birthday, she wouldn't go to the Mishkan with him when her husband would go. She used to go with her husband. She and her husband and the whole family used to go to Shiloh, and for the two-year period when she was raising Shmuel, she didn't bring him. And the devil wants to know why that's an important detail that she didn't bring him. The Pasuk is here, but Amra, she said, That's not the Pasuk I wanted. I'm sorry. Where's the Pasuk I wanted? Over here. 
Hannah Leosa, sorry, Hannah Leosa. Hannah did not go up in those years. Kiam Nalisha, because she said to her husband, Adi Malanar, I'm not bringing him up until he is weaned. I'm not bringing the kid to Sheila until he's weaned. Vimala Elkana Isha, Asiya Taibeinech, and Elkana has no problem with this. He goes, go ahead, do whatever you want. Shviat Gmelech, I say, you can stay at home. You don't have to go to the Mishkan. You don't have to go to Shul until the kid is ready to uh, is ready to be weaned. So the Rebbe wants to know why this is an important detail. And the Rebbe says, Hagatma. Think about the following. You should really understand that uh, it's very important for a Jew to go up to a Leah to go visit the Mishkan is a very, very important thing. It says, uh, You both, you come to see and you also come to be seen. I'm summarizing, but you can read along with me. I just don't want to read everything in Hebrew because it's a long sicha. Uh, applies even more when it comes to going to Aliyah Lerega with Elkanah and his family members, which would include Hana. These are some of the most special people in the entire world. This was an opportunity to go to Uman for Rosh Hashanah. This was an opportunity to go to uh, to uh, 770 for Tishrei. And then some, right? This, this is a big deal. This is the Mishkan with the Tzadikim. Very special place. And Hana is also a very special woman. The Rebbe goes on to say, she's a Nevi'ah. She's a prophetess. So she's someone who would really appreciate the experience. She is not someone who's just a uh, an average goer to the Mishkan. When she goes, she's able to do things. She davens there and what she davens for really happens. So Hana's a holy woman. She's going to Lila Rega with a holy man. These are holy people going to do a holy thing. And nonetheless, she doesn't go for two years and she decides to stay home. Because she has to mess with her kid until her kid is ready to go to Lila Rega. The Rebbe says that makes no sense. Makes no sense because the Chayra, there were two options. So first of all, Elkanah, he was very wealthy. He was Adam Ashir, he's a very rich guy. So Elkanah could have hired all sorts of people to help them along the way. Could have hired a, a could have hired a Menekes and an Umanus and all sorts of people who would help them. They could have all gone together and there'd be someone to watch the kid on the way up Aliyah Leregel. However, they're worried that this would be difficult for the boy to travel. Another option that Rebbe says, and there's some English here, I love when the Rebbe does English, says, Shechana Tikach Aver Bina Umanes, Medina, babysitter. You could have hired a babysitter and left the kid at home. Leave him at home with a babysitter for a couple of weeks while she goes to do a Leah Regal. She's a holy person. She's not She's not a regular woman. This is, a, this is a, for all intents and purposes, one of the greatest Jewish people ever to live was Chana. She could have totally justified leaving her kid with a babysitter. Nonetheless, nonetheless, tells us that that Chana did not go up to Shilai. She stayed at home with her son Shmuel. Why? She was worried about it, even with all these things that could have happened on the path, or by having somebody else switch out her job and take care of her responsibility for a while. Said that she understood that none of these things would be an accurate, would be an acceptable substitute for what she could do educating her child in her house. And she therefore recognized that her experience in Sheila was not as important as doing something that only she could do well, that she was going to be the best at educating Shmuel in that home. And therefore that meant no Sheila for her. And this was something that she understood and that Elkanah understood. Elkanah, heaven's ace, Elkanah understood this too. He didn't try to protest Chana and say, hey, maybe you should go. Don't you think we could just get a babysitter? He understood that she's going to be able to do a better job at home than she would be able to do on the road and a better job than any babysitter. That is that when she ultimately brings Shmuel to Shilai at age three, the reason why she's able to give him to Hashem and he becomes the prophet he becomes is in the merit of the fact that for two years she sacrificed her trip to Shilai to raise him to become the kind of child that he should be. You can see where the Rebbe is going with this. It's not just that Hashem agreed with what Hana did. God didn't just agree with her decision. God wrote it into the Torah so that other people would know that this was the right decision. Meaning it's not just that Hana did a midas chasidis, that Hana had this really good idea. I'm going to stay home and raise my kid and not go to Shiloh for two years. 
God saw what she did, agreed with it, and agreed with it so much that he put it in Tanakh Lidereres so that everybody four generations would know that if the choice is staying home with your kid and educating them properly or going to Shiloi, that the correct thing to do is to stay home with your kid and educate them properly, especially for women for whom this is their particular tafkid and their particular ability when it comes to raising Jewish people. A woman can be involved in all sorts of wonderful things. A woman can be very special. She can be involved in all sorts of important things. She can be very, very important. But at the end of the day, even when we're talking about a prophetess, and even when we're talking about somebody who is good at going to Sheila and getting her questions answered, there's no hetter for her to leave her child in a way that the child won't be educated because, of course, that is her main tafkin. Now we're going to start. I've been doing a lot of reading inside. I've been doing a lot of skimming because it's a long sicha. Let's read a little bit more carefully inside when we get to these sections. The Rebbe says, this is a model that every single Jewish woman should follow for every generation. That's why it's in Tanakh. This isn't like those who make mistakes. Because they think. That a woman, that people think that women need to, the Rebbe is talking about, about, well, very, I don't know. The Rebbe is talking about the feminism of his era. Things have changed a little bit since then, but the idea is still out there. Uh, women think that they need to do everything that men do. There are some women who think that they need to have the exact same job as a guy. The same way a man leaves the house very early in the morning, and he comes home exhausted very late at night. She has to prove that she is not less than them. Look, I can also wake up early in the morning and come home exhausted. There is an error in the entire world. People think that somehow Shlemus comes to a woman only when she mimics a man. And of course, that is not the case. This is what the Haftar is coming to teach us, says the Rebbe. This is not correct at all. This is devaluing the important tafkid that Hashem gave women. Hashem gave women a special role in the world. That's not, not an inferior role, not even an equal role, a very special role in our most important area. Chinuch is what matters to us most, and Hashem gave this to women. And uh, this, is, this is creating an error by believing that this shouldn't be their area. Hashem gave them something that is more important than going up to Shiloh. And if you want proof, look in our Aftara. So if you want to know what really matters, what, does really, what really matters? Going to Shul, going to 770, going to the oil, going to Shiloh, going to the base of Mikdash? No, what really matters is Chinuch of, is chinuch of the children. The fact that our current society does not understand that does not mean that we don't understand that we know what matters. What really matters is educating children. And men are given the inferior job. Even encouraging other people to go to Shilai, which was what Elkanah used to do. Elkanah used to walk from town to town, telling people, you should come with me to the Mishkan. Even that is less important than staying home and making sure her kids are educated. None of that, that is going to a holy place and encouraging other people to go to a holy place, rises to the significance of a woman staying in the home and ensuring that the ch- that the home is based on Tehra Mitzvahs. Specifically when it comes to Chinuch Banu when you look back now at this second letter from the year Tavshin Lam and Gimel, this makes a lot more sense what the Rebbe is saying. Because the Rebbe is telling this woman who's involved in Chinuch, who's involved in teaching Tehra, that I don't want you going back to teach at that school unless you're sure your home is in order. This is exactly what he said, what he says Chana did. Chana was not just in charge of going to Shiloh. She was in charge of she was in charge of encouraging other people to go to Shiloh. And nonetheless, she recognized that her first priority had to be her son, making sure his education was proper, and only then to help with other people with their education. So this letter very much reflects what the Rebbe is saying in the Sicha, so much so that it's hard not to call this a shita. Given that we have two letters from it in a Sicha, I think this is a pretty clear shita from the Rebbe. 
We've spoken many times about the idea that uh, when, when the Torah lists families, it doesn't really list their numbers, it just lists their uh, the family numbers. The reason why the Torah always lists the Jewish people by their families, not by their individuals, and by just the heads of the families, is because the most important thing to the Torah is the family, is the family unit, not the individuals and how the individuals express themselves. We need to, therefore, uh, emphasize and to mention, at least in a uh, in Kitzer, at least in a brief way, at least in a hinting way. We're in a time right now where we need to speak only about the merits of the Jewish people. But we have seen negative outcomes for the family from the fact that women have engaged in a uh, chase down Parnasa and have uh, therefore neglected their responsibilities in the house. This creates a division between the parents, and the children. This creates a division between the parents and the children. Now everybody lives in two worlds. They live in the outside of the house world and the inside of the house world. One doesn't recognize the other. It's like the children and the parents are living in separate worlds and the parents are living in separate worlds from their children. The Rebbe says that a lot of the destruction that we have in the family unit and in, uh, and in America and in the Western society in general comes from this mistake of taking women away from the thing that they are best at and the thing that is most important, which is chinuch within the house. Let's change it then, says the Rebbe. Let's make an, an assurance that the husband will do his portion, and the woman will do her portion. Which is, the Rebbe says, this is in parentheses, it's very likely, says the Rebbe, that the woman's job is more important. That a matters more. It's not because she's not important enough, not because she's not good enough to be out there in the business world. It's the opposite. It is specifically her who was given the responsibility of educating the boys and the girls from the time they're very young, from the moment they're born. It's actually her job to engage in chenech of her children nine months before they're born. Since the baby eats what the mother eats, the mother is in charge of educating her children even before they're born. And obviously there's a responsibility given to her when she's careful about what she eats. She then educates the children even in utero. This idea that shleimus comes to a woman when she forgets all of this. A gutter, what is this? A gutter prof. A good professional. When she thinks that when, uh, when it becomes a good professional, she becomes a good professional, that's the best way to do things. She may be able, she'll make more money, she'll be a professional. A woman should not, a Hasidic woman should not see becoming a professional and making money as being a good thing. She should see it as a Yurid in a fila, that she has that she has descended and she has fallen. This is a dishonor to her to her value, to the things that she's good at, and it also is denying what she was what she was created with the ability to do. And in addition to that, it damages Jewish families, as we have at least mentioned in Remes. There's incredible heartache to this thing. A person sometimes sees a situation that I was talking about himself, and he sees exactly how to fix it. He says that the Rebbe says that I find it, I find it, uh, it, it hurts my heart, says the Rebbe. It's a heartache that I see a problem, I see the solution, and there are some Jews who spend all of their time trying to remove women from the thing that they would be best at. They're trying to make them into Gabayim. 
Nishim, or a Shamash and Lashol, Litan Laham Ali Latera. They want to give them Aliyahs to the Tara. They want to make them add to a minion. The Rebbe says, I consider this, uh, the Rebbe says, this hurts my heart. I call this heartache. Vesim is a Gansa parade. They make a whole parade out of Shemigil, Laham Yashakayach. They all say Yashakayach, Shal Nasrun Dagaz Amitis, that people are raising women to a certain level, to their appropriate level. Everybody should celebrate. Women are now reaching a Shlemos, Mibli. Besides the fact that this is against Minig Yisrael, meaning the Rebbe is setting aside the halachic issues, saying, let's set aside the fact that it's against Minig, that there might be a Sarara issue. I'm adding those words. But the Rebbe is saying, halacha aside of the possible halachic problems, there's also such a hepech halacha. Besides that, there's also a deep hashkafic problem. This is hurting Jewish families. And Jewish families are the root of the entire Jewish people. Her main aveda, her main tafkid, her main shlichus, is to be the akaras abayas. So people are very excited about uprooting this. And the Rebbe says, besides the fact that I think there are halakhic and minig problems, there is fundamentally a destruction of the Jewish people problem and that this needs to be repaired. So you can imagine a sikha like this. We're not going to continue reading all of it, but I did send you the whole thing to read. It's a strong sikha. And the sikha did get responses. People wrote to the Rebbe saying, this, this is pretty extreme. And the Rebbe's response was, the Rebbe, the Rebbe made base Rivka for this, to create to create moras, to create madrichas, to create people who were good at chinuch, because this is what women are supposed to be good at in the first place. The Rebbe says, I admit, not every woman is fit for this job exactly. You have to figure out where she belongs in the world, and you have to find the best way for her to express her natural ability for chinuch. But yeah, the Rebbe says, loud and proud, women are uh, w- w- women women were created by Hashem because it, with specific keiches to be good at chinuch, to be good at education, and because of that, says the Rebbe, without any reservations, they should be doing that. And in addition to that, that's the Rebbe says, how you talking in one place? He says, definitely in another place. The Rebbe says throughout the Sikha that he believes that this is a fundamental part of the Jewish people. And not only that, very likely more important than any other role for the Jewish people. So women were given by Hashem, not just a unique role, but perhaps the most important role. And that the push for them to be doing something else is ultimately halachically, minog-wise problematic. More than anything else, it is hashkafically and family-wise problematic. Uh, that's it for now. Uh, thank you all very much. I'm sure we have comments. I mean, I mean, my my only my only comment on this is, I mean, that that um, obviously this, if, if if read properly, it's actually you know makes it a bit more of a feminist than the other way around because he's talking about the true tafkid of, of of what a woman is meant to do and anything trying to degrade the woman by trying to like he says over there have her you know act like a man and come home late and and you know do all the things that that that, that men do is actually more degrading to the to the woman and her essential job than it is allowing her and parading her around as the gabai of the shul once i saw that episode the places want to make the girls gabai i was like there goes one of my ideas but anyways um <laughs> the uh the no but i'm, I'm curious if if the like how does that speak to women going out of the home and working as as teachers and as educators outside the home so here you have, you know, the the woman is is, you know, this woman's supposed to be at home teaching her children at home. So where's the the, the other letter says that that's what Beisrifka was created to make mechanchem emoyres. Does he mean for other people or for themselves in their homes? I think he means both. When you combine it with this letter down here, what it looks like is that a woman who wants to teach needs to first ensure that she is going to be able to teach her family. And when she's firm that she's teaching her family, either because she doesn't have kids or because the kids are grown up or because the kids are in school during the time that she's teaching. So she's not, her responsibilities are not needed then, then she should teach in a school because her area is chinuch. But you see in Yud Tav Tav Tzadik Gimel, this letter from Tav Shin Lamed Gimel, that the Rebbe is telling at least one woman that uh, I'm not sure you can handle both, in which case no school for you. So uh, clearly the number one priority is the own, is, is one's own children. We also saw it from the Chana Secha, right? From the Chana Secha, part of her job going up to Shiloh was educating other women to go up to Shiloh. 
And part of that, right. is that she gave that up. She gave that up to to wean to wean Shmuel. Right. So the idea definitely is that a, a woman's first responsibility is to educate her own children, and then if she's able to do that and also do something else, she should be channeling that energy toward chinuch of other people, but specifically in the shetach of chinuch, which is what she is best at, and what she also and what is also most important. How do we balance? How do we balance? And I guess we'll go into Shabbatachim territory here, but the Nebuchadnezzar is more focused on women trying to become. Uh, more of a powerhouses and and uh, you know professionals versus people trying to make ends meet and needing to do jobs. Well, first of all, I think that Rebbe, I mean, obviously, I don't know, right? We're always speculating when we think what the Rebbe would say, but it seems to me from all of this stuff that uh, that we that we're looking at that the Rebbe would tell a woman who's taking a second job for the family that it should be a job in chinuch, right? Because uh, the shetach chinuch seems to be the area that she should be in. Uh, as for whether she should be working outside the house if she can't also take care of her kids. I think that does go right into Sharbatachan territory. Everybody has their first tafkid. If I if you were to ask me and tell me that uh, you cannot daven shachris or learn Torah ever with your current job, Sharbatachan would say get a different job, right? That if, if it really makes you unable to do your job as a yid, then uh, then then you don't have that job. Jobs need to be chosen that don't get in the way of your job as a yid, and uh, that's not a kli. That's the way it's put in Sharbatachan. Is that a proper kli won't, won't get in the way of your baseline responsibilities? So a proper kli won't get in the way of your baseline responsibilities either, in theory. From what I've seen, I think that it would make a lot more sense for a husband to have significantly more jobs and really work himself to the bone than for the woman to have one extra job. Absolutely. Right. Um, Surely, I want to reframe the first statement you said. I want to reframe it. You said very good. Surely, the beginning, the first statement you said, just to reframe it in other words, and I think the most high-powered, successful job a man can have, you're only there doing it to enable your wife to educate the kids. So that shouldn't be our goal. That's just the enabler. And therefore, the ultimate goal is to be the actual doer. That's, I think, what you were trying to say, but just in other words. Like, we don't, we shouldn't value the successful at the job. We should value what we're trying to do with that. What are we being the money for? What are we living for? Mil- we're living Mil- to educate our the, kids. The beginning of the, se- of the statement was about Mili Tafkidoi or slash Tafkido, right? There's a Mili Tafkido, right. which comes out very clearly in this, both in both Sikhs from the Rebbe, and the letters, which is the tafkin of a woman. A woman has a specific tafkin, which is ensuring the generations, continuing generations, which is only done through chinuch. And this is the most important job in Jewish history. In order for her to do that, you and me have to go out and dig a ditch and pick apples off a tree, slay dragons, whatever it is that we need to do in order to make sure that our wives can stay home and educate our children while there's food put on the table. 